0: Hi, I'm Valerie, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real cosmetic chemists answer your beauty product questions and give you a unique look at the cosmetics industry. This is episode 250. I'm your host, Valerie George, and with me today is Perry Romanowski. Hi, Perry.
1: Hello, Valerie. So good to be here.
0: I'm so happy to be back on today's show. We're going to answer questions about, can a product with just three ingredients work? Do you have to give your nails a break from nail polish so they can breathe? Do you have to shampoo out hair color? Do you really need to double cleanse? And are toners really necessary?
1: Sounds like a fully packed show.
0: Yeah, lots of exciting questions. And what I like about this is that, well, aside from the first question, it really speaks to routine. Are these things necessary in your routine? So that's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, you, you hear a lot about these kinds of things, and there's a lot of advice on the internet. You know what there's not a lot of advice about? What? Uh, s- surviving having the snow right after you've been in Florida for a month. Oh. I mean, this is it's like <laughs> yeah. eight inches here in Chicago. It's crazy. We,
0: we are having a cold spell as well. Oh. It's like wah, 35 wah. to 40 degrees <laughs> here. It's oh, freezing. Oh, well, that...
1: That is cold. Wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> always cold in it.
0: the lab though year round. We always have to wear our puffer jackets because they oh, keep that oh. AC pumping or not, uh, no heat. So it's it's always <laughs> freezing at work. But anyway, well,
1: I've I've been doing webinars. I had a webinar today. I'm doing a webinar tomorrow, which is nice and fun. But what have you been up to?
0: Well, work, of course. But of course, I, I've teased no. a little bit over the last um, few months that. I've been working on a project four years in the making, and I'm very excited to announce that I will be launching next week.
1: Whoa, can't wait to uh, unveil that next week. That'll be yeah, fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about it next week. I'll tell everyone exactly what I've been up to. I know we've gotten a lot of questions. I've secretly told a couple people and then told them if word gets out, I'll know you, you told everybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll tell you guys uh, what I've been doing and what I'm excited about. And uh, it's not a product. I know a couple people have been hoping we've been coming out with a product. That's for the future for the Beauty Brains. But, sure. Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll share that for next week.
1: Well, you know, I, you did share with me your website, and I just wanted to point out that uh, the pictures look really good. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you must have had, like, professional <laughs> photo shoot or something. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I'm like, what? Kate Middleton? She started a website.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah, someone was like, you photographed very well. I was like, I know, thank you. I'm just kidding. But, um no, you guys will understand what I'm talking about, why I had to invest in great photography next week. You'll learn all about it.
1: Yeah. Sounds like fun. You know what else sounds like fun?
0: Beauty science news. <laughs> so what have you seen so far in 2021?
1: Well, you know, Valerie, this is the start of the new year and, uh, companies are always publishing what they think are going to be the big trends for 2021 and i saw this article from euro monitor and (laughs) they gave their trend predictions and you know they weren't particularly insightful to me (laughs) as far as i go you know in fact i looked at last year's prediction the 2020 ones did they come true well nobody said anything about any pandemics I have to say, there was like a lot of recycling of 2020 for 2021. But well,
0: we get a redo, right? We, the world we, gets we a redo. I, yeah,
1: I don't think really anybody predicted uh, a pandemic. So <laughs> There you go. Which is just evidence that like psychic powers don't exist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what but, did Euromonitor say?
1: Well, Euromonitor, uh, you know, they said, uh, you know, customization and CBD is going to be like all the stuff. Oh, that surprising. Already. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking, okay, Mister Smart Guy, let's not be Mister Critical. If you're so smart, why don't you give predictions? And so, so instead
0: of Euro Monitor, it's Ro Monitor.
1: <laughs> exactly, Ro Monitor. So here's Ro Monitor, and I thought this would be fun. We'll give a couple of predictions of the upcoming year, and then next year, January, we'll see how we did.
0: <laughs> we'll put a note in our calendars. So Carrie, Perry... got... right? Is Perry a psychic? Is Perry right the bellwether of the cosmetics industry
1: a soothsayer as i like to say <laughs> uh, so here are my predictions uh, number one i believe uh, color cosmetics sales are going to remain flat i agree yeah well i mean who's wearing makeup it's a pandemic you know and mm-hmm. i know the vaccine's out and you know things will start opening up but that's eh, not going to be till the fall well especially
0: know. not for lipstick because of the mask you don't want to get yeah. lipstick on your mask
1: exactly all right my next one um I believe there are going to be more class action lawsuits that are going to be filed against beauty brands.
0: <laughs> Hashtag lawyered.
1: Right, yeah. Well, corporate to...
0: lawyers coming back to the class action attorneys because they have yeah. no evidence of any of these <laughs> claims. But anyway, keep going. Well,
1: I mean, this seems to be the new way you make money in the beauty business. You you go on, you look at you look at the market, like uh, Tressa May, where <laughs> you say, oh, you have DMDM high we'll sue you. Uh, J&J is getting sued for claiming that uh, they're an oil-free product. <laughs> Did you see this one?
0: Oh gosh!
1: Yeah, they're getting sued. they they're they made a claim oil-free, and someone is suing them because some of the materials in there um, they're not called oils, but they are oil-soluble. So that counts oh, as oil. Oh my
0: goodness!
1: <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> but I think we'll see more of those in 2021.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I I here's an ingredient prediction for you. Right, um, look mm-hmm. for labna labna to make its way into skincare. Do you know what Labna is?
0: Um, yeah, I have heard of it. I um, am Greek Orthodox, and I have some um, Middle Eastern Orthodox friends. S-
1: so you must know that I'm pronouncing it wrong or something? I think it's Lebna. <laughs> oh, Lebna. Okay. I think it's Lebna. Yeah. I, I. So I. this is a Middle Eastern food uh, that's sort of a cross between cheese and yogurt, <laughs> and I think you know that's going to be the new thing that people put into skincare. I and think
0: we'll see more. I don't know about this, but I, I definitely think we'll start to see more foodie type items: the yogurts, the milks. You know, get back well, into skincare for that that cross functional approach. If it's good in your kitchen, it must be good for your skin.
1: Well, it's it's a pretty common thing to happen where uh, if an ingredient gets hot in the food area. Then it gets transported into the cosmetic area. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then my final prediction, your new venture is going to be a rip-roaring success. (laughs)
0: Well, now, I hope that's true. I hope that's true.
1: I'll say this. You'll make more sales than you did last year. (laughs) (laughs) Always so positive. There you go. Just like my blood type. (laughs)
0: I I tend to agree with your predictions. I mean, for me, it's hard. I actually talked to a coworker at work today. They were on a Mintel webinar about Mintel's predictions for the year. And, you know, just by the time consumers see these trends come to market, they're like so two years ago for us. You know, waterless beauty is becoming big Guess what? Like that was a trend prediction on our end of the world in 2017. And it's just coming to market. So For sure. uh, we'll, we'll see actually what, what happens.
1: Yeah, indeed. Well, that's my predictions. Uh, do you have, you have any predictions for this coming year? Do Not you any share? additional. No. Okay. Um, oh, there you go.
0: No. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one.
0: Well- Not necessarily news, but a little bit of who owns what. We've played that before on the show and we're not going to play today, but um, someone named Haley on Instagram contacted me and asked her if we could point her to previous episodes of our podcast where we have covered, you know, who is who and who owns what and who acquired who and all that kind of stuff in the beauty industry. And when I was looking back through our shows, we actually never covered that fully in one episode. Uh, But we have talked about it here and there and and kind of sprinkled throughout our episodes. So um, I just wanted to do a quick rundown of who the big players are in the industry. And what we do when we want to know who owns what is, honestly, we just use Google. We Google blank brand parent company or blank brand privately owned. Or we go to basically the, the top 10 or 12 big players in the industry and look at what brands they own, um, you know, maybe, you know, we're not sure. But it it's readily findable on the internet pretty much.
1: Yeah, and we'll share a link, but there's a website called beautypackaging.com that does, every year they update the top 20 mm-hmm. global beauty companies, and that lists all the brands. And the number of brands that are owned by the big guys just keeps getting bigger every year
0: <laughs> you know that's my trend acquisition i think we'll see more acquisition this year uh but basically the top 12 brands that own the beauty companies you're talking about or you're hearing about are procter and gamble unilever l'oreal estee lauder cody johnson and johnson cow shiseido luxury brand partners lvmh Byersdorf and l brands can you think of any others perry
1: no, that pretty much covers... You got Estee Lauder, yeah, there. Um, yeah, that pretty much covers them. that That's it.
0: Like, they pretty much own almost everyone, and then you can bet your bottom dollar, uh, brands are either privately held or owned by some investment or equity company that's not really well known.
1: Yeah, or they're just a startup who... Uh, who is just waiting to get big enough to be acquired by these guys
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that's everyone's dream yeah
1: that is sort of the beauty strategy right and you know it always uh, these brands these small brands develop this following and they get these consumers who are just huge fans and then the big guy comes and buys them um And then everyone's all disappointed again because often what happens is the big company has to go through and uh, for regulatory reasons uh, and sometimes for um, efficiencies of scale, they change the formulas. I don't know if I've shared the story before, but uh, I was on an acquisition once and the brand we acquired was claiming that they had Swiss herbs in their formulas. (laughs) and there were no swiss herbs in their formulas but i won't say the brand name but gee i wonder who it is (laughs) but so we had to source some swiss herbs from switzerland just so uh, so we didn't have to change that claim but that's the kind of thing like a small company could get away with that for a while a A big big company could never
0: get away with that oh my goodness yeah yeah oh man
1: (laughs) there you go Actually, you know what the idea was? We hire some guy named Herb in Switzerland to sell us the stuff. So it was a Swiss Herb.
0: Awful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, there's one other big piece of news, Function of Beauty's coming to Target.
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought this was very interesting. because Function of Beauty is this brand, which... You know, essentially, they stole this idea that I had long ago.
0: <laughs> hey, I had that idea. Did you steal it from me?
1: No, everybody had this idea. <laughs> I know,
0: everyone's but, had it, or everyone's tried it, or every brand has tried it.
1: Yeah, it just demonstrates that first. There's no new ideas. Everybody, so, so you know that brilliant idea that you have, and out there in the audience, or Valerie, or even me. Uh, somebody's already thought of it, <laughs> the, and <laughs> it's the other thing—it's the
0: execution. It's the execution. Exactly, of it. that mm-hmm. is
1: the whole thing. Ideas are worth nothing. The execution of the idea is what's worth everything. And so, Function of Beauty—they started up uh, on the internet, uh, yep. and somehow they convinced Target to take their products. So they've been successful enough for that. Now, Function of Beauty says that they are a customized hair care line because the brand will let you mix up your own products. Um, well, I mean, sort of. There are these four base shampoo and four base conditioner formulas. And then they have 10 additives that you can put in your formulas. These are supposed to boost specific properties of the product, such as strengthen or deep cl- condition, volumize, shine, curl definition, thermal detection, color protection, length. Uh, like these are all the stuff you've seen on bottles before. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Now, since I couldn't find all of the ingredient lists, I can't tell how different all of the base formulas are. However, I suspect that the base formulas are not that much different. I mean, there are probably some subtle differences between a couple of them, and then maybe there's two that are like significantly different detergents or something. But um, I I did find a few lists, and it looks like the shampoos are based on sodium laurel methyl isothionate. Uh, and then they have glycerin and betaine. I don't know why people put glycerin in their shampoos. It's just. It's just
0: well, to help but, with stability, I think well, that's it, why.
1: Yeah. Well, I th- it, but it also kills your foam. So <laughs> there is that. So. <laughs>
0: well, there's no foam with SLMI anyway. but...
1: Right, well, anyway. they. Yeah. So there's nothing to kill, I guess. Yeah. And then the conditioners are based on Bahim Chloride and Quaternium 87. You know, what I've never used. a
0: great conditioning agent. That's one of my favorites.
1: I've never used Quad 87.
0: It is great. That's a big um, conditioning agent used in L'Oreal Kerastase products as well. Oh,
1: wow well, well, there you yeah. go. So anyway, uh, so so what do you, you? I put the ingredient list that I found there. What do you think of these formulas there?
0: Well, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they were the same base formula for a couple of reasons. One, it's amazing what consumers cannot discern a difference between. I will spend weeks in the lab you know, obsessing over one tiny little performance detail because I can feel it. It's what I do for a living. And then we, we panel it and people are like, "Eh, it feels the same. And I'm like, these are two different things. And, and you've even talked about in your Tresme days, just changing a, a fragrance in the same formula and people are like oh god these are two completely different products yeah like like they'll rate
1: the foaming differently when there's you know in the lab it's exactly the same but yeah yeah and i've had people
0: at work argue with me when they're like oh no they're two different formulas i'm like i literally hold the keys to the formulas and i'm telling (laughs) you they're the same thing and they're like no they're not and i'm like okay you don't work in my department but anyway um i'm guessing just for simplicity and the buying power you know it Saves you a lot of money if you can buy a lot of the same ingredient um, yeah. and amortize it over many formulas. I'm mean, going to guess they're pretty similar. It also takes the guesswork out of stability, right? Or removes one more variable from it. But um, just in general, I think there's a lot of ingredients in their formulas. And
1: oh you, my know, God, you and I carry, yeah.
0: <laughs> we come from a minimalist formulator approach. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, What has to be in the formula, that's all I'm going to put in it. And maybe like a couple nice things, you know, to give a little wow factor and then whatever I'm required to put in from marketing. But I mean, there's, gosh, if I made this on the bench, like 20 to 30 ingredients I'd have to have in in a bucket. It's a lot.
1: Yeah. I wonder if what they did was that they just made an ingredient list that could cover any of the additives (laughs) that you might put in there. Right?
0: Literally anything. Yeah.
1: Well, I also think, like, they must have... Th- there's no way they did uh, four times 10 with a 400 stability testing. I, actually, it wouldn't be four times 10. It would be, like, the combination of 10 things taken three at a time <laughs> times four. I don't think they did that, right? <laughs> they probably just, uh, for stability reasons, you could test all of the ingredients at one time. we call that a gamish in the business. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, if they're custom making it and you're using it pretty much right away, you might not have to worry about too much shelf life, right? Like if you work for a brand that does conventional manufacturing, yeah. you know you don't know how long your product's going to sit on a shelf in the store. But if this truly is made to order, yeah, maybe there's some stability that's necessary. I would argue you would need to do all of it anyway, sure, but sure. it's probably less risky
1: Yeah, I, hopefully I, you
0: use it right away.
1: Well, I just think it's uh the, the what I was reading about this this approach that they're doing at Target, which is different kind of than their online one. So the Target oh, yeah, one is Oh yeah, then a little, they would
0: definitely need stability. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a little less customized. You can still get your 10 additives in or get 3 of your 10 additives in uh at $2 a pop, too. <laughs> but just to finish. So it's it's an interesting concept. Wait, uh,
0: $2 an additive?
1: Yeah, so I think the what? shampoo is like 15 bucks and then every additive you want is 2 more bucks. So <laughs> So wow. its I have to say, it's clever marketing, uh, but to your earlier point, you could put in one additive or all 10. I don't think you're going to be able to tell a difference. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. I'm on the wrong end of the business, I should say. Indeed, oh, indeed.
1: Well, it'll be curious to see how Function of Beauty uh, functions at Target.
0: <laughs> well, let's get to some beauty product questions.
1: Well, this first question I stumbled on, it was sent to us by Renee, and it was very interesting. And it was interesting because I didn't have an immediate answer to this. <laughs> um,
0: well, I did because I have gotten the same Instagram ad Renee has probably gotten.
1: Oh, well, there you go. So <laughs> yeah. here's the question. Um And she lists this company, uh, Symbiome. And she says, Mm -hmm. how does this company make a cream with only three ingredients? Uh, The product is interesting because they do claim to have only three ingredients. So I went to the website. And the ingredients include water, uh, some type of oil, uh, some plant oil, and lactobacillus ferment. Now, the ferment is the preservative. The water is the solvent. So how do they make that oil into a cream?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I was perplexed myself at that. Here's
1: my first thought, though, before you give us the actual answer. Well, my my, my first thought is, well, they just don't list the emulsifiers that they're using. <laughs> Which,
0: you know, honestly, initially I thought that. I was like, hmm, yeah. you know, it actually is amazing. You know, first of all, it's illegal not to list your ingredients correctly. Right. But there are some yeah. brands that do it and Honestly, a lot of it's out of ignorance. You're using a contract manufacturer that maybe doesn't know how to supply the information or supplies it incorrectly. I, I mean, it's totally unethical. It has happened before. Um, yeah. And honestly, it's almost always with small, obscure brands because at a big brand, um you know, they practically put a stoplight in my face and, and our regulatory people are like, did you know there is this impurity in here? We need to list it. And I'm like, <laughs> right, eh. right. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that was my first thought. Did you have a second thought? Uh,
1: no, I mean, I, uh, that's kind of where my first thought goes. And then my second thought is like, I I am familiar with some, there are some technologies where you can make really tiny particles. I just uh-huh. didn't think that was being used much in the cosmetic industry.
0: Well, um, you're right. <laughs> That's what <laughs> they're doing. Go. So basically, there, there is a company who can manufacture this type of technology at small scale, but essentially, it's a nano emulsion. So typically, when you make an emulsion and you mix water and oil together, you need heat, You need what we call shear, which is the amount of force being used in mixing. And usually you can achieve that by a certain type of propeller or the speed in which you're mixing the ingredients at. Uh, In the case of a, in making this nano emulsion, um, it's special equipment, it's incredible sets of shear, and you're limited on how much you can make at one time. And that's what they've done. So they create these very tiny, 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 tiny nano-sized droplets And that can keep this um, water, oil, and preservative, thank goodness they're using a preservative at least, Um, it can keep them (laughs) separated. And, But however, like all emulsions, it's just a function of time. It could be a year, it could be a week, it could be a hundred years. At some point, this emulsion will destabilize that's just the nature of emulsions
1: i'd guess more like a year but yeah
0: well we could buy some and throw it in some stability chambers
1: (laughs) we we could do that (laughs) like psychos (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe maybe at the new venture
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah what what to do with our money in our free time okay well that was
1: a, a fascinating question uh and it's always good to see something where i don't have the immediate answer
0: yeah, yeah, and I actually was interested in purchasing this purchasing this product just to to check it out because I think it it is different. It's not again they didn't invent something. It's just different from what else is on the market. Right. But with that limitations.
1: And I guess the reason that you don't see more companies doing this is because on some level there's no Huge benefit, except you d- you can say, "Oh there's no emulsifier and we only have a few ingredients, which is fine, but then you're limited to the few ingredients and exactly. so if you don't like how that oil feels, you know <laughs> there there is a reason that ingredients are used, although uh the function of beauty uh, uses way more ingredients than they need to clearly uh, yeah, but I think the real reason more brands aren't doing this is because. You can't make that much, and you could, no. this could never mm-hmm. be a mass market brand because uh, they just can't make enough.
0: No, you couldn't keep up with it. It's expensive, yeah. Well, our next question is an audio question. Perry, if someone wants to put an audio question on the show, how do they do that?
1: Well, very simply, Valerie. Thanks for asking. All you have to do is record your question on your smartphone and then email that to us at the thebeautybrains.com at gmail.com you know it's also helpful if you put like a little transcript about what it's uh, about uh but if you don't that's fine too <laughs> we'd love to get audio questions and here's one now
2: hey beauty brains it's Raylene from London in the UK I've got a question about nail polish now I love having nail polish on my toes all the time non-stop but I keep hearing and reading that I should have a break from it to quote unquote, let my toenails breathe. Is this true? Should I be taking a, a break from the varnish or can I have it on all the time? Look forward to hearing from you.
1: Well, thanks, Raylene. What a great question. Yeah, I know how you love the nail questions, Valerie. Doug Shoon
0: is, I'm obsessed with him. Like He, doesn't, <laughs> he probably doesn't even remember who I am, but I'm obsessed with him. So Doug Shoon is a nail expert. And And, you know something?
1: His his hair is as long as yours.
0: (laughs) I know, if not longer. It's prettier. It's curly. He has beautiful (laughs) hair. Uh, But I've actually asked him this question because I'm just amazed at the fact that this myth can perpetuate throughout the industry and throughout consumerism.
1: Yeah, I think because it seems... uh... It seems like a reasonable thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, stuff has to breathe. Like, but people don't really mean like breathing with lungs. They mean something else, right, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: In the case of nails, what I think people mean is, you know, oh, like, just take a second, breathe. I don't know if, if that's how this got started, but at the end of the day, your nails don't really breathe. I think when people are putting on nail polish, taking nail polish off, putting on nail polish, taking it off, getting artificial nails and all that kind of stuff, their nails can get damaged in the process. Of course, you're not only applying chemicals to the nails. and I'm actually not talking the nail polish. I'm talking the acetone and the different solvents that are used to remove it. You're soaking your... Uh, fingers in a bowl of water at the salon to soften your cuticles and you're putting oil on them and all that kind of stuff
1: that's going to remove and, any kind of the plasticizing lipids in your nails make them brittle yeah all kinds of problems there
0: exactly and of course if you are preparing your nails properly for the nail polish application you're filing and you're wearing down the top layer and all that kind of stuff and over time that can weaken your nails and people think oh My goodness, it must be the nail polish I've put on. My nails need to breathe. I need to give it a break. And what you really need to do is just treat your nails properly, gingerly. um, And by doing the right preparation to put nail polish on and removing nail polish properly, you can mitigate some of the damage um, to your nail and allow them to grow. And then new nails will grow out and you shouldn't have too much of a problem.
1: Yeah, over time, you know, your nails just keep going. The old part of the nail just goes off the top, and (laughs) and the new part of the nail comes in from the cuticle, right?
0: (laughs) But toenails do grow slower than fingernails, and I think that's because there's less abuse on them. That's what I've heard, like your fingers, you're grabbing things, and your nails Uh, get some physical wear and tear. But your toenails, um, I can get a pedicure done, And I don't have to do it for a couple months just because it grows out slowly. And then the nail polish isn't chipping. It's not um, doing anything. So I think that has to do with, you know, where it's located. But fingernails, toenails, they're morphologically similar. And uh, you wouldn't have to let your toenails breathe any differently than your fingernails.
1: You know at some point we need to get Doug Shun on and we'll just have an all nail uh, question. Oh uh, my god, I would episode. love that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would love that. He's
0: guys, he spoke one time at the Society of Cosmetic Chemists event and I was like his weirdo stalker the whole time. <laughs> I got an hour with him and I was just drilling him with all the things I've ever wanted to know about getting nails done. It was awesome.
1: Well, we look forward to Maybe we can do that in 2021. It'll be our first <laughs> interview. Uh, we haven't done an interview on the Beauty Brains.
0: Well, we could call it a crossover episode because he does have a podcast for oh, nail does estheticians. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Well, for sure. <laughs> we, yeah. need to do, we need to do a team up.
0: hmm Our next question comes to us from Diana on Instagram. She says... I use professional Joico hair color gray series at home. My question is that a lot of hair color instructs not to shampoo it out, but I always do. See post color service instructions. I just can't. I always shampoo. I believe they do too in the salons, except Redkin Shades EQ. I guess I will learn how to ask this on your podcast. <sighs> also, it says to process 45 minutes, but I like to do 60 minutes. However, I have been known to leave it on for 120 minutes because hair color on my head miraculously makes me very, very productive around the house. I know. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to read my question and for being so generous with your knowledge. Well, Diana, these are all great questions. And first and foremost, but should... Wait,
1: wait, wait. Wait wait a second. second. Hair color on her head makes her more productive? (laughs) What is this about? Is that well, where you wrap your head in a towel? And, and then, then just you just go hey, and you're like, like
0: cleaning. Because you have to keep busy, right? You can't just sit there and be like, oh, my hair color is processing. You want to keep moving, keep busy. Because it's kind of a long time to leave color on your head and just yeah. sit there. So you're like, can I vacuum? What, can I clean the bathroom? What can I do? So I totally get where Diana's coming from. <laughs> oh. um, I used to say in college, nothing gets my room cleaner than a paper due tomorrow. But wow. um, there you anyway, are. that's a different, <laughs> different topic.
1: A oh, different but How about, about washing questions? out the color? <laughs>
0: yeah, so definitely. Um, I I don't like it when people say don't shampoo color out for a couple of reasons. One, color tends to be in a really waxy or heavy uh, type base, and that's to help the dyes uh, interact with the hair fiber and penetrate. And you want to wash that off the hair just using water. Can, and can help get some of it off. They say color washes out color. And what stylists mean by that is you can put some water on and then use the emulsifiers in the hair color to kind of rub on the hair and, and rub the skin and get all of the dyes off. But it doesn't really get all of them off. And when we're talking hair color, we're talking reactive chemistry, reactive products. Yeah. And you yeah. want to get the reaction off of your head. You want to stop hydrogen peroxide from working because it's gonna damage your hair. So you want to rinse and then you want to shampoo. Don't worry about it rinsing all the color away. You have so much color just freshly deposited into your hair, the first shampoo is not gonna be a big deal. And then use a low pH conditioner to uh, close the hair fiber down, and uh, then you're ready to go. The other thing is they do give a processing time. It's ma- manufacturer recommendations. And if you're working with professional hair color and you're getting great coverage, a lot of brands will say to leave the color on for 45 to 60 minutes. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. When you are coloring your hair, the biggest advantage you have is time. The more time you leave it on your head, the more time it can penetrate into the hair fiber. But after a certain amount of time, Only so much can penetrate. So if you're leaving it on for 120 minutes, you know, if your skin can tolerate that, that's fine. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot more gray coverage than 60 minutes just because the hair fiber can only absorb so much. I know this to be true because sometimes I'll make swatches of color in my lab and then I'll go do something and I'll forget they're there and then I don't hear the timer and I'll be like, oh, (laughs) beep, you know, and I'll go back in the lab and like rinse them and guess what? The, it maxes look the out same? after,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It maxes yeah.
0: out after some point, right? So, of course, it depends on the color and that kind of stuff. But
1: it's like uh, when you get your clothes when you get your clothes wet, uh, at some point they're as wet as they're going to get. <laughs> Putting more water on them isn't going to get them wetter.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you can leave it on 120 minutes if you want. I I don't recommend it only because you know at the end of the day, hair colorants can you know sensitize certain people, and you want to avoid prolonging skin contact but if you're not allergic and you've patch tested and you're good uh, you should be fine to uh, clean your whole house
1: yeah all right thanks for that question um who's next that's fun we got one final question which is an audio question from jane Ooh, thanks jane
2: hi beauty brains my question is do we need to be double cleansing even if we are just wearing SPF, and do we need to be using a oil cleanser or cleansing balm, or can we just use a straight-up oil? An influencer, a skincare influencer who's also a dermatologist, has stated that it is important that we use a cleansing oil or cleansing balm and not just a straight-up oil because it won't properly clean the skin. And... He or she has stressed that it is very important to get the sunscreen off your face. What is weird is that this influencer was not all about double cleansing in the past. She was strictly sunscreen and we can all agree that sunscreen is very important. I want to know if there's another way that we should be removing sunscreen and if it necessarily has to be by double cleansing. I don't know if this is new science.
1: Okay. first Her first question, the double cleansing.
0: Yeah. It sounds like something interesting is going on. We'll address that in a bit. So the, the double cleansing method really comes out because you have like things on your face that aren't very water soluble. And usually that's makeup. Right. Cleansers can help dissolve some of that, but it, it takes a lot and you really got to work it in and maybe even do it a couple times. So if you use a cleansing balm or a cleansing oil, those are typically more oil soluble than water soluble, and it can help get that first really oily uh, or water insoluble layer off of your face, you can also get that by cleaning a few times with just like a good cleanser. Uh, but it's right. easier to use these like the first time around, and then you can use a regular cleanser to get the rest of whatever um else. I-
1: I think the idea with the double cleanser is you take an oil that you know is, or not an oil necessarily, but a uh, a non-polar molecule, which is, as you know, just opposite of, of water, which is polar. But anyway, you take a material that's more compatible with the makeup, and then you put that on, and that's going to lift the makeup sort of off the surface of the skin and sort of put that other oil down there and then when you use the cleanser after that then that's going to be better at removing uh everything off your face that's the theory there but you but you're right if you cleanse your face a few times you're going to remove just as much uh, oil as double cleansing
0: yeah and the reason why I think using just an oil may not work is because at the end of the day, you need whatever emulsion you've created on your face, whatever thing you've put on to, to get the makeup off, the more oily right. type product, you need the water to interact with it and pull that off the face. And the reason why just an oil is not going to be as effective as an oil cleanser or a cleansing balm, is that the oil cleansers and cleansing bombs typically contain emulsifiers that when the water hits the face, they yeah. dissolve in the water and it can be removed from your face. Using just an oil doesn't have that, so it's kind of like you're trying to wash oil off your face with water and it, it's just not going to be as effective.
1: So the bottom line here is when you're wearing makeup, a double cleansing it it does make it could make sense. I don't think it's completely required, but it does make sense. So there's there's a nice argument to that. But what about the case with if you've just used sunscreen?
0: Well, here's the thing. I think a standard cleanser should be fine. I think the reason this dermatologist slash influencer, you know, is saying uh no, you need to use like a specific oily based product or cleansing balm or double cleanse is that Sunscreen molecules inherently are kind of oily. It's kind of interesting you actually say mm. that a lot of sunscreens say oil free, but they still feel oily. Um and they don't contain oils, but they it's just the nature of the sunscreen molecules. They just feel it's the kind
1: nonpolar of, molecules. Yeah. Exactly.
0: They just feel kind of greasy. And so perhaps yeah. this dermatologist influencer is thinking Oh, you need something oily to get it off the face. But honestly, with the amount of sunscreen deposited on the face, any decent facial cleanser should be sufficient to remove it from your skin. I think.
1: Well, here's my here's my thought on uh, that. Where that advice comes from, they're probably going to be launching a skincare line coming up soon, <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to have an oil cleanser. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I That's just mean my, that,
1: that wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibilities. Yeah, or they have an affiliate program that they're part of. <laughs> so yeah, I it's, mean, let's just say it's not necessarily unbiased uh, advice.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I get it, but I—I I mean, I guess it depends what sunscreen you're using, what makeup you're using, what cleanser yes. you're using. A lot of it depends on like the what ifs, but for the most part, a traditional sunscreen can be removed by a standard detergent-based cleanser completely. Okay. Now, if you have oil and other stuff uh, and makeup and all that, you may need to double cleanse or you may need to start with a cleansing balm. But if you're just wearing sunscreen, a regular face wash should be okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're like me, just a, a blop of shampoo works too. Yeah. <laughs> the chemistry <laughs> doesn't <right>. lie. <laughs> That's a, all right, let's hear the rest of her question.
2: All right. Another influencer has said toners are essential. And another influencer says toners don't matter. And with products like The Ordinary and The Inky and whatnot always being pushed on us, it's so hard to know, are they trying to educate us or are they trying to get us to buy things? I am an esthetician. I have some understanding of the skin, but wow, this is more than the books have ever taught me. I am a stressed out mom. I don't have time to sit down and do research, but I trust you guys and what you say because you never never feed us lies. You don't try to get us to buy products. You give us the facts and the science. Yeah, thank you.
1: Well, Jane... Thanks for that. Wow. And I feel your pain there. It's got to be very hard. If you follow influencers and there's one saying this and one saying that and everyone says, oh, I'm a scientist or I'm a formulator or I know skincare, I'm an expert. It's just everyone's all over the place. It's so hard. There is
0: so much misinformation on social media and the internet, Perry. Even I get just exhausted and exasperated. And it's like, where is all this coming from? And people fall for it because they trust somebody like Jane trusts us. And, you know, these people making statements don't necessarily have the science or the credentials uh, to back it up. They're just saying, oh, toners don't matter. No, you need to use a toner. And it's like, okay, why?
1: Right. Yeah, and you know, I think we've covered toners maybe in a earlier episode. Maybe you and I hadn't, but maybe Randy and I did. But
0: we've covered it before. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. But from my from my perspective, you know, the toner is not a, a really a, a necessary product. You're not really getting that much additional benefit, if any. You're not getting any measurable benefit anyway. If you enjoy doing extra steps on your face and you like the experience, by all means, you're not going to hurt yourself, but I wouldn't say that these are absolutely necessary, uh, for good skin.
0: No, not at all. Really. It comes down to, do you like using a toner? Do you like the feeling of a toner on your skin? Some people don't like them. I do like them. Um, I like to make my own and, I like it because I could put a bunch of stuff in there and then it feels kind of sticky and my skin feels dewy, but like, I don't use it on top of anything. I don't use it under anything. I just use it because I like the feel on days where I don't use it. I'm fine on days. I use it. I'm fine. It really just depends what, what kind of mood I'm in, how dry is my skin? What's the weather like? Do I want something cooling on my face? But guess what? Whether or not I use it, my skin is totally fine. I know a lot of estheticians say you need to use a toner or a lot of skincare experts say you need to use one to deposit goodies on the face or to clean up any excess surfactants from the cleansing process, but you're going to be fine if you skip that step.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The only toner I ever use is on my printer.
0: (laughs) I I should have known you would say something like that. Oh, my goodness.
1: The 80s call, they want your printer back. Jesus. Does anyone use toner anymore? (laughs) Well,
0: I, I just bought some. So yeah, but Jane, don't worry. We're going to keep it simple for you. Do you like using a toner? Use it. Do you hate using a toner? Don't use it. Uh, if you know, you're an esthetician, if your clients like toners as part of the facial process, use it for the experience. Uh, but it's not going to impact the skin.
1: And as far as the advice from influencers that you get, um, I would always be well. You should always approach these with some skepticism, but especially with influencers, and especially look at uh, are they trying to sell you something? Because if they benefit from you believing something, uh, then you can't really rely on that information. Now, that's not to say that they're lying. They might be, you know, so someone saying don't use a toner, someone saying use a toner. You know, the one who's saying use a toner is, you know, getting a kickback from a toner company. You know, that's going to happen. But this toner is one of those products where it's fun to use. Some people like using it. Some people don't. It's not necessary, but so both advices can be right, right? And there's a lot of things about the beauty industry where we don't really know the answers to a lot of these things. Mm -mm. And some, but as an influencer... You are looked at more positively if you're more uh, sure about stuff. If if you give an opinion and you like stick behind that and you're all behind it, you're going to get a bigger following than someone who says, "Well, yeah, you could use it or not. It uh, Doesn't matter." <laughs> that's so. That's uh. That's all you have to think about with influencers. Uh, remember, if somebody is absolutely positive about something, then they're probably not being completely honest with you.
0: Yeah. Especially when it comes to something that's just opinion based, right?
1: Right. And a yeah. lot of beauty products is just opinion based.
0: If you like it, use it. If you don't like it, don't use it. That's that's
1: what the could. you could live a perfectly you could live a perfectly healthy life if you don't use beauty products. Now, you might smell and look worse, but yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna die. Yeah. Except soap. Soap. You should use soap and water. (laughs) Yeah.
0: At least for the important parts. Exactly. not. that's a different
1: episode. Oh, gosh. Right. Indeed. Speaking of different episodes, what do we got coming up next week?
0: Perry, I think next week we should do a show theme on sunscreen. We have a number of questions sent in about sunscreens. You heard one today. How do you wash them off? And it's probably a good time to cover it, especially, A, not only how hot the topic has been lately, but... Maybe as restrictions loosen, people will go out in the sun and you gotta protect yeah. yourself. Yep.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I've there's that whole burrito thing and now there's another brand and uh yeah, that's a whole craziness going on with sunscreens. So, yeah, Can't so let's wait. chat about that next week.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Yeah, if you get a chance, can you go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review? Uh, your rating there, uh, you know, hopefully it's five stars. <laughs> but your rating there is uh, always uh, helpful to help other people find the podcast. That's going to help ensure that we have a full docket of beauty questions to answer.
0: Also, don't forget to follow us on our various social media accounts. On Instagram, we're at the beauty Brains 2018 On Twitter, we're at the TheBeautyBrains. And we have a Facebook page.
1: We are also on Patreon. Thank you so much to everybody who has already subscribed. You might have noticed that there aren't any commercials in here, and uh, we also try not to recommend products. <laughs> and the only Except way that for we can products do that... I've
0: used and love. <laughs>
1: uh, exactly. Of course, we will say what we like. Um, I say, you know, uh, it's it's tough to beat Vo5 shampoo. You can use that on everything. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, by supporting us on Patreon, you keep the, uh, the ads out of here. You keep uh, us as unbiased as we can be. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe. We also uh, have done uh, monthly um, Patreon-only events. And uh, maybe not monthly, but uh, every couple of months. Uh, I think we'll have another one in February.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. And remember, be brainy about your beauty. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Kittens!